Welcome to First Focus, a weekly podcast here at First Pres Columbia, where we highlight various events and ministries around the church. This week, Dr. Thomas joins us again, this time to discuss baptism, and specifically the question, why do we baptize infants? Dr. Thomas is, of course, our senior minister here. If you have questions about him, our church, its programs, or any ministry here, don't hesitate to contact us. You can find all our contact information on our website, which is firstprescolumbia.org. That's firstprescolumbia.org or on our app. Now, let's get to our conversation. Derek, thanks again for taking time to be with us. Uh, my pleasure. So today I thought we might talk about baptisms. Ooh. We have a number of baptisms coming up, as we seem to always have baptisms in and around. So, and we only have a limited amount of time usually on the floor of the church to talk about it. So I thought we might be able to talk just a, just a touch more in detail here. Yes, thank you. Um, our church family have been busy. And uh, <laughs> uh, last year there were 40-something babies uh, born mm. uh, in the wider church family. Wow. And uh, not all of them were here. They're, mm-hmm. they're children of the church that now live elsewhere, but, but most of them certainly are here. And uh, it has been our practice here at first prayers to give a, a little explanation about baptism mm-hmm. at every occasion. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that's not often done. And I, I like doing that because I don't think it's intuitive uh, in the minds of many Christians, why exactly we baptize and uh, and why we baptize the infants right. uh, who are unable to express any faith of their own. Right. And um, being able to give that little two-minute, three-minute little, little explanation, I think, is helpful. Mm. Uh, I was saved when I was in college and uh, by default uh, became um, a Reformed Baptist. Mm. I I attended a Reformed Baptist church and uh, I wasn't baptized as a child, so I was baptized uh, as a professing Christian and and was immersed Mm. in what I recall was very warm uh, water. Right. Uh, and our baptisms are less dramatic yeah. than that. Yeah. Um, but why do we baptize the infants of those whose parents make a profession of faith? Right. And uh, the answer is because we see continuity of practice from old covenant to new covenant. Yeah. Uh, under the old covenant, uh, children, male children, were circumcised. And circumcision uh, introduced in the patriarchy of Abraham Mm -hmm. uh, was a sign and seal of God's covenant. It was a sign and seal of justification Mm. uh, by faith alone in God's promise alone. Mm. And that that covenant sign had... Uh, in it, bound up in it, a, a family principle. It was mm. me and my family, me and my children. Right. And 
uh, on Pentecost, I mean, Pentecost could have been the greatest um, excommunication uh, mm-hmm. ever, a right. spectacular excommunication. Right. Uh, when, uh, If it were just believers and not their children, not their families. Right. Uh, I mean, Peter is gathered at Pentecost um, with thousands of Jewish, now now Christian mm-hmm. uh, folk uh, who have received the Holy Spirit in in Pentecostal power. Mm. Uh, but uh, their assumption, I mean, their default is me and my children, me and mm-hmm. my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if that is not the case, uh, they they would n- they would need to be a positive word to that effect, right? And, and the fact that there wasn't one, right? And instead, Peter says, "The promise is to you and to your children," right? Is a sim a symbol of continuity. Mm-hmm. So the New Testament certainly draws attention in Colossians two eleven and and Romans four. Mm. 11 and 12, that there is a connection between circumcision and baptism. Yeah. Uh, One being a sign and seal of the old covenant, another being a sign and seal of the new covenant. So so there is that that continuity. And and that, to me, was one of the arguments that that convinced me um, that in the transition from the old into the new, yeah. there, there is a principle of continuity. Yeah. Um, the other is the passage uh, that that my Baptist friends uh, say has nothing to do with baptism, hmm. and that is when parents are bringing their children to Jesus to bless them, and uh, Luke uses the word brephos, hmm. meaning these are these are suckling infants, these hmm. are. These are nursing infants. Right. They're not. Right. These yeah. are not children uh, who necessarily can even speak. Right. Uh, and they're coming to Jesus that he might bless them. And and the disciples uh, say, you know, take these children out of here. Right. Uh, this is no place for children. And right. Jesus uses it as a teaching moment and says, "Suffer the little children to come unto me, for of such, toyutas in Greek, of mm. such mm. is the kingdom." Of God, hmm. and and the Greek is suggesting that the kingdom of God is inclusive of little children, hmm. tiny children, nursing right. children. Right. So again, it's a it's a little picture mm-hmm. of w- what being in the new covenant looks like. Right. And it includes nursing infants. Right. Uh, when we baptize, especially infants, we ask about their given name. Why is it that we ask about naming when we baptize children? Uh, well, in part so that I can know whether this is a male or female. Uh, <laughs> because sometimes when I'm beginning to pray, I have to remind, was this a boy or is this a girl? Um, but, but yes, I mean, names are significant and we are given names uh, that we carry with us for the rest of our lives, mm. uh, and but we are baptized into the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, mm. and the one name mm. of the one God mm. who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm. 
So uh, I think asking the name is just uh, an issue of personalizing mm. that, that that this isn't just something generic but that that you mm. uh, Josh Squires mm. and I've forgotten your full name now but, but Joshua Adam Squires Joshua Adam Squires <laughs> uh, is baptized into union and mm. communion with Jesus Christ mm. this isn't an issue where it is an issue of justification where if you don't believe on correctly about this issue that it's going to keep you from going to heaven. Uh, absolutely not. Right. Uh, I, I'm, I fully expect John Bunyan and Charles Haddon Spurgeon uh, to be in glory. To be in glory. To yeah. be in heaven. Look forward to meeting them. Okay, any other final thoughts here about baptism as we wrap up? That there is a collective aspect to to. Um, the baptism of infants, which is why we ask the congregation mm. a question, which they answer in the affirmative, mm. in that we enter into um, a vow to pray for our children. Mm-hmm. Um, because baptism isn't a statement that these children are saved. It's not, right. a, it's not a, it's a great point s- to make. statement that they are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, it's a sign and seal to faith, but it's not a sign and seal of faith. Right. It, it points to faith. And right. what it says is that these children need to believe. Right. Uh, they need to be converted. They, right. they need to be brought existentially into mm. union and communion with Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Derek. Thank you. You've been listening to First Focus. For Dr. Derek Thomas and all our staff here at First Pres. I'm Josh Squires. Thanks for joining us. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, don't hesitate to contact us. We hope you'll join us next week. And until then, God bless.